Ernest Flagler Mitchell, a Monroe County, New York legislator, Democrat, is under fire for reportedly sexting a 19-year-old woman to whom he allegedly sent a graphic picture of his genitals. Now, the news came to light the same day he was sworn in as president of the New York chapter of the NAACP. The Democratic legislator has since insisted that he believed he was sending the photo to his wife. (laughs) No, really. I meant to send it to my wife, not the 19-year-old girl. (laughs) Right. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. I kind of want to believe it, though, really. Uh, When you read the story, it talks about how this 19-year-old Lakea Sinclair wrote a letter to the Monroe County Board of Legislators calling for his resignation over the controversy. And she um, said that uh, he has explicitly sexually harassed me and sent me an unsolicited photo of his genitals. Now... The shooting that took place in 2020, um, you know, after a few, she met the legislator, he gave her the card, she called, and then he, uh, you know, she said, I reached out for help, but not to be sexually harassed. Now, she believes that there are others out there. She said that there are likely other women who would claim to have been victims of Flagler Mitchell's unwanted advances and called on them to speak out. I would like to hear that as well, because I, according to my man, uh, he's denied sexually harassing the girl. And you think to yourself, well, of course he has. But uh, he says that he, you know, really did mean to send it to his wife. He said that uh, the young woman may have received an unfortunate photo, but he believes himself to be the victim of extortion. And he says, as a man of faith... I must take responsibility for all our actions, and I've always tried to do both in my personal and professional life. In November, I sent a picture intended for my wife to an individual I was working with. I took immediate responsibility for my mistake. I deleted the file, acknowledged the mistake, apologized, and hoped I had not offended them. They responded at the time by accepting my apology and assured me that they were not offended. I additionally, I immediately took responsibility for what occurred with my wife by telling her what had happened. And I regret that she is now embarrassed by my error. He went on to insist that since the incident, undisclosed people who he says are politically connected individuals have contacted him and attempted to blackmail him into abandoning the black and Asian caucus in the legislature. Well, the legislature. So, I mean, I kind of want to believe him. We'll see what happens. We'll see, you know, if more people come out or if it actually was just a mistake. And he snapped a picture of his stuff and was going to send it to the wife and he sent it by accident to this girl. We'll see. Um, There's probably a good rule of thumb or other body part in this story. And that would be (laughs) not to send a picture of your genitals to anyone i know it seems a little harsh but 
I'm just saying it may be, it may be a good rule of whatever body part you want to mention. So U-Haul has come out with their annual migration trends report, which calculates uh, how many one-way U-Haul vehicles enter a state versus how many leave it each calendar year. For the 2020 report, the data was compiled and from more than 2 million one-way U-Haul renter customers transactions. In 2020, Tennessee claimed the top spot for the most one-way U-Haul arrivals versus departures for the first time ever. Congratulations to Tennessee. Arrivals accounted for 50.6% of all one-way U-Haul traffic in Tennessee, according to U-Haul, which was a 12% increase over last year. Meanwhile, only 9% uh, were leaving. Florida, which came in first in 2019, came in third. Texas, which is ranked in the top two states with the most one-way arrivals since 2015, was number two in 2020. Florida, which came in first in 2019, fell to third. Wow. Florida taking a kick in the pants. California ranks last in 2020's list behind Illinois and New Jersey as the states with the least one-way arrivals. California has been at the bottom three states since 2016, and Illinois has been in the bottom two since 2015 when uh, U-Haul began ranking these states so the top 10 growth states according to u-haul data analyzing the migration patterns from 2020 coming in at number 10 georgia number nine north carolina number eight nevada number seven missouri that's, I mean, missouri's a good state number six colorado what's wrong with that state number five arizona Number four, Ohio. Ooh. Number three, Florida and Texas and Tennessee, as we talked about. Uh, incredible that these states uh, people are moving to. And those are, I mean, they're great states. I, I can see living there, uh, no question. I don't know where uh, Pennsylvania, you know, the state that my wife loves, uh, ranks in this list. Ooh, all the way down to 41, 41st place. Wow. Pennsylvania is uh, the bottom 10. Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, Louisiana, Oregon, Maryland, Massachusetts, and like we said, New Jersey, Illinois, and California at the bottom. Wow. Just, uh, nobody wants to move there. <laughs> and speaking of the number one state, congratulations. Uh, you have a prize that you could win for Valentine's Day in Tennessee. Uh, a free divorce. Boy, nothing says happy Valentine's Day like a divorce, right? A law firm out of uh, Crossville, Tennessee, is giving away a divorce to a lucky winner. <laughs> the Powers Law Firm says Valentine's Day to some is a reminder that they are trapped in a marriage that they cannot afford to get out of for some reason or another, but we're going to go ahead and give them a free divorce. Yay. Now, if you want to enter, if you're in listening in Tennessee and you want to enter, 
It must be agreed upon by both parties. You must submit a story as to why you wish to get divorced to the law firm. And you can submit your application to get a divorce uh, February 15th. Oh, accepted now through February 15th. Good. So you can get to write right now uh, through February 15th. And they're going to select a winner on February 19th. Uh, and it says here that you're also going to need to include your phone number and email address where you can be contacted. Why wouldn't you do that? If you want a divorce, you'd be saying, uh, this is how you get a hold of me. Let's make this happen right now. Now, there's no cost for the entry, which weird. Uh, contestants will not be charged for Mrs. Powers services or court filing fees. However, if there are children involved, you're going to have to pay for a parent education class. Oh, man. Oh man! Now the really what the firm you know has a right to limit a selected winner to an uncontested agreed divorce with minimal or no child custody issues. So really, they're hoping for a couple that wants to get a divorce with no children. So if you are in Tennessee and you're considering, man, I got to get out of this marriage and I don't want to pay for it, and I just I want you know what I want Valentine's Day to be special. Well, you're not going to find out on Valentine's Day, which is strange. I might have to talk to these people like Mrs. Powers and find out um, why not announce it on Valentine's Day so it's actually a Valentine's Day present. But uh, they're going to select the winner Friday, February 19th. And they accept submissions a day after Valentine's Day, February 15th. Weird that it's a Valentine's Day promotion but good luck if you're in tennessee and you want a divorce good luck man nothing is more fun than a divorce you can take my word for that they are and you can quote me on this not fun i know i know you're welcome so we talked about a little bit about uh alexi alexi nelvani uh nelvani right uh, alexi nelvani from uh, the Soviet Union or Russia uh, when he got poisoned, um, you know, a while ago. And then he went to Germany to get better and he was posting pictures of his uh, recovery and rehab. Well, he decided to go back to Russia, which really was kind of a mistake. Not to him, though, because he's a big time, you know, opposition leader against Putin and uh, the people in charge. They told him hey don't come back uh we're gonna we're gonna arrest you if you come back okay so he decided he was coming back anyway and they were gonna arrest him because he breached terms of a suspended sentence in an embezzlement case dating back to 2014 so it appears you know that they're pulling out all the stops to try to keep this guy quiet and shut up and tucked away But they told him, hey, don't come back or we're going to arrest you. So he decides, hey, I'm coming back. And uh, there were people waiting for him at the airport. Uh, I mean, fans, you know, they were ready to cheer him on uh, for him to, you know, land and get off at this airport. But on his way to that airport, uh, yeah, no, uh, you're going to go have to go ahead and land at another airport. They rerouted his plane to another airport where there were no followers and uh they arrested him uh right there uh they detained him uh they escorted him away 
<laughs> officers in black masks at passport control shortly after his plane from Germany was rerouted. And so the people who were waiting for him at the other airport got nothing. I mean, the guy already, they tried to kill him with this military grade nerve agent. And, uh, you know, he obviously pointed the finger at Vladimir Putin for ordering the attack. Now, this is going to come as a surprise to you. The Kremlin has denied all responsibility. I know. I know. So, anyway, he went in front of the judge and they threw him in jail for another 30 days. We'll see. Uh, he's uh, in detention, at least until the court hearing. Which, he, they could end up then sentencing him to three and a half years prison sentence. I mean, people are all wound up uh, having this guy arrested and possibly throwing him in jail for... Something that, uh, you know, this suspended sentence in an embezzlement case back in 2014, when really that's not why they want him quiet at all. But again, uh, Putin and the Kremlin has denied all responsibility. And the Russian foreign minister uh, has dismissed the criticism as artificial renaissance meant to distract from the West's own deep crisis of the liberal development model. <laughs> Don't mind what we're doing, okay? Take a look at what you're doing. Got it? All right, good. Now, speaking of Russia, they're in trouble. One of their circuses, the Russian circus, who doesn't love a good Russian circus, is in trouble after they had a Nazi monkey appear. So they've got this character who is dressed as a Nazi, and then they bring out the little monkey who's dressed as a Nazi as well. And the circus is like, uh, there's nothing unusual about such ironic or grotesque characters being used. Um, that's what we do. Uh, the show also featured goats wrapped in Nazi flags with swastikers. Uh, the performance was part of a show uh, at the uh, Yudmertia Circus in the city of Ezhevsk on January 8th. It was commissioned by the Russian Orthodox Church, which said the show symbolized the spurning of Nazism. <laughs> Prosecutors, hey... Uh, we're monitoring the internet. Have, and we've launched an investigation into the display of Nazi sim symbols. Russian law forbids public displays of Nazi symbols. Uh, you know, the, it's just a circus, right? It's just a circus. And the church insists, the Orthodox Church, which uh, you know brought the circus to town, insists that it's covered by an exemption signed by President Vladimir Putin. In March of 2020, the exemption allows the display of Nazi symbols, providing they create a negative attitude to Nazi ideology. Okay. So. <laughs> and I love the excuse. Look, the monkey and the goats are not guilty. They were commanded by trainers wearing Soviet uniforms during the show. Oh, okay. So they're fine. Don't blame the monkeys or the goats at all all okay there's nothing unusual about this show and that's the way it goes okay now according to this though all the images of the monkey and the goats have been removed from the social media accounts of the circus so i mean even the circus you know 
is still backing down a little bit by not posting all the pictures on social media. And I love the end of this article, which is just incredible to me. Circus shows involving animals are still legal in Russia. (gasps) Those bastards. Those bastards. Still allowing things like that in their country. I hate them. It's just agonizing. Get ready for uh, more news on that, though. We'll be surprised. You know, the circus will be shut down. And uh, Vlad will say, ooh, yeah, that's not what I meant. And uh, you guys are shut down and have a nice day. And in fact, what happened to you? Eh, you'll be lucky to be thrown in a cell with uh, Nelvaney because uh, we might just shoot you and kill you. And we're just going to shoot the animals too since nobody's going to be around to take care of them. Have a nice day. Take care. I mean, that's what's happening in Russia. How's life here in America? Let me give you an example of how life is here in America. Okay? (laughs) So, a car thief, uh, you know, steals a car. So, he is an actual car thief. Now, he stole a car in Oregon, in Beaverton, and he hops in the car, and it's in the driveway, and he backs out, and he drives away. He realizes as he drives away, there's a kid in the back seat. (laughs) And so he's like, hey, there's a kid in the back seat. What the heck? So he he turns around and he drives back to the house, (laughs) calls the mother out of the house and lectures her about leaving a child in the car. He threatened to call the police on her. He's hollering at her to not leave her kid in the back of the car. Now, according to the mother, look, I parked outside the the storefront and went inside to buy a gallon of milk and some meat. Uh, She was never more than 15 feet from the car. Um, That's a good point. Okay. That's a good point. It wasn't at her house, which I was, which I thought it was. It was in front of a store. Uh, that's a problem. The, the criminal is right. The criminal is right. She left the engine running and the door is unlocked. Wow. They say in the story that wasn't a crime. I don't know. The, if it's not a crime, maybe it should be. She says she was within sight and sound of her child. Uh-huh. Sure you were. You never looked away, you know, except for those times when you did. So the guy, I mean, it's a crime of opportunity, right? The car is unlocked. It's running. I'm getting in. I'm taking off. (laughs) Now, the employee at the market says that she was only in the market for a few minutes uh, before someone began backing the SUV out of the parking space. And uh, apparently she, uh, you know, saw it happening and couldn't get out there in time but i love the fact that the the guy drives away and then makes a u-turn and it comes back and tells the kid to get out of the car and hollers at the mom and then takes the car and then drives off with the car (laughs) they didn't even know they haven't even found the car yet when they wrote this story yeah we don't know where he is He's he's a young guy 20s 30s brown hair uh Wearing a multicolored face mask. Uh, If you have information, call us. (laughs) So that's where we're at in America today. All right. 
criminals are coming back screaming at the people they're stealing from for doing something wrong while they're in the middle of a crime. Incredible. Now, the flip side of that is, as I tell you the story, I'm mad at the mom for leaving the kid in the back of the car. The criminal's right. What are you doing? You just don't, you don't leave your car running with the doors unlocked with your kid in the back and you run in the store. That just doesn't happen. I'm sorry. You're not supposed to do that. No, I know. I, I, that if it's not a crime, it should be at least that's that's a chewing the fat crime. Sorry. Just is the criminal is right. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So good. So uh, let me remind you, as long as we're here in the break room, that if you are listening to this show right now and you are not a subscriber to this show, you need to make your life better and become a subscriber to Chewing the Fat. It's just that simple. Uh, Choose a platform of your choice. There's a plethora of platforms out there like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, many more. And subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It's free. And you then become a freeloading subscriber instead of just a freeloader. Nobody likes a freeloader. Everybody loves a freeloading subscriber. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. I'm also working on a, a I got a, I'm going to put a Saturday show together this week. I usually, you know, Monday through Friday. And I do have some Saturday shows that I like to do once in a while. And uh, the execution that happened uh, this weekend uh, really got me thinking. And then I read an article that, uh, you know, gave what uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Sotomayor uh, wrote in her dissent about the execution as the Supreme Court okayed it, uh, got me thinking uh, about uh, the people that have been executed through the federal system. And I started writing and talking about each person. So I'm going to do a quick special on Saturday about the executions and uh, the death penalty. And it just got me thinking. And I, I thought there was some information that we all needed to know. I could do it on the podcast, but then it would be the po- it's going to take you know, 20 or 30 minutes. And I mean, that's the whole show. I don't want to waste the show. There's too many good stories, too many things to talk to you about wasting a whole show on executions. So I'm going to give you a whole show on executions and the death penalty, uh, maybe for a quick Saturday show. So subscribe to Chewing the Fat and you'll be alerted when those shows upload for you to download. Um, then you need to be a subscriber to my YouTube channel as well. You know, I just posted a couple of a couple of things new on my YouTube channel, which is you know under the same name, Chewing the Fat. Uh, I did an interview with uh, Jeff Allen. Really good to see him and talk to him. Uh, he's back on tour again, the comedian, if you're not aware of who Jeff Allen is. And he was, uh, it's good to talk to him, a quick interview with him. And I have a lost tape. Uh, that I just posted yesterday on uh, my YouTube channel. It's a lost Hillary tape that I don't know that it was ever posted anywhere. Um, you can, you know, if you go to the YouTube channel, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, you'll see the video there and uh, just enjoy it. It's funny. Made me laugh. And uh, I found it. I was like, oh, did I wonder, did this ever get posted? I mean, I say I mentioned Facebook in the video toward the end. 
but I don't think it ever posted on Facebook, but it doesn't matter even if it even if it did. It was, you know, a long time ago and it's still funny and it's fun to watch and just enjoy it and uh, smile and laugh and know that uh know that uh it was fun to do. It was fun to do and it's just me, I think the second or third time that I uh played Hillary Rodham Clinton and uh I think it was pretty good. I don't think you could tell the difference, really, to be honest with you, between myself and the real Hillary. But, you know, you can decide that on your own. <laughs> so silly. You know, as long as we're on the subject, too, I might as well remind you to become a subscriber to Blaze TV. Now, yes, that costs money. But that also uh, helps, especially... Oof, at what's coming uh more voices are needed not less and what we're hearing every day is how more and more people want less voices and less ideas and less opinions and that's not what we were raised on that's not what this country is about so to continue with more voices and not less and it also helps to keep chewing the fat podcast free uh, you become a subscriber to blaze tv if you go to blaze tv.com slash jeffy j-e-f-f-y and uh, you know you could use the promo code jeffy as well j-e-f-f-y it'll save you 30 bucks on a year subscription it's the best rate we've ever had for a year's subscription on Blaze TV. And you can go to uh, blazetv.com slash Jeffy and scroll down. You'll see the you'll see the discount. There's also other things that you can, you know, other prices for different amounts of time that you can pay for. But the best price is the $30 off for a year's subscription. So do that and know that it's more important than ever to have more voices not less now is more important than ever especially if you're listening to this live on the 19th of january 2021 uh tomorrow is the inauguration of a new president and that's all i'm gonna say and you know more voices are needed and more opinions are needed now more than ever. Now more than ever. That is uh, nothing could be further from. Uh, it's just, I don't even, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. Just know more voices are needed now more than ever. Okay? All right, good. <laughs> So we don't know if it's true or not, but according to this story, a Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candle exploded. I know. I know. No telling if it was supposed to explode, you know, after when, you know, once a, once a vagina candle gets extra hot, it may just, you know, have some repercussions for getting really, really hot and just explode like it might in real life for instance but according to this lady in the uk uh her 
smells this candle smells like my vagina candle um that is sold on goop exploded into flames in her living room and uh, apparently it exploded and it started flames everywhere and bits were flying everywhere and she said i'd never seen anything like it it was so hot it was there was this inferno in the room and hubby or her partner uh not hubby uh just threw the candle out the front door that was a good move on his part saved the place from burning down no doubt quick move on partner's part okay and so just throw that bad boy out the door i don't know how he did it without getting burned uh whenever you have an exploding vagina candle sometimes it's just too hot to handle i think you know what i'm saying but apparently she won it from uh according to the story it says uh she won the product in a quiz so i don't know if she won it from you know a baby shower or a party an app quiz or a tv show quiz or a news show quiz but anyway she won the gwyneth paltrow smells like my vagina candle so the company is questioning whether you know it actually is a smells like my vagina candle i know i know they're backing down a little bit but they said you know look uh although we're not able to verify the authenticity um you know we're gonna we've reached out to her and want to send her some more goop products to help pass the days in quarantine i mean i hope they send her you know the egg and maybe some other smells like products because you know this this product these candles were you know certified by the national candle association of america and who i mean you start messing with big candle man and the NCAA. Wait a minute, that's the NCAA? No, I thought that was the National Collegiate. So the National Candle Association of America is the NCAA as well. Nice. And it meets all, anyway, it meets all the stipulated safety guidelines and uh, of the ASTM and the CPSC fire safety protocols. So, I mean, maybe this was a, you know, black market vagina candle i don't know maybe this was just a candle they picked up on the street corner and brought home and you start getting things brought into your house from the street corner and they get too hot you can well understand why it would you know explode Uh oh now i know we were talking about gwyneth paltrow and uh, you know she's retiring from movies because you know she just can't take it anymore and you know good have a nice day but uh, chris evans has uh, you know made news because everyone thought uh, was all fired up that he was gonna reprise his captain america in a new movie but uh, he tweeted news to me uh so he doesn't look like he's gonna be doing it he said they doubled down on his former statements that he would end his 11-year movie arc as captain america and build a new life and one day a family Uh uh-huh right so uh i don't know maybe we need to maybe we're gonna get news of chris evans uh, struggling from some sort of uh thing you know what i'm saying 
uh, mental thing because uh, he said that uh, he's in Boston with his dog Dodger and his brother Scott. Now um, he said that uh, he prefers. I am someone who prefers to be at home, so I do not feel the urge to go outside every day. The vast majority of my free time now goes to reading books and to Dodger. Okay. Uh, That's his quarantine life. That's in Boston. Now, we know he has an apartment in Boston, and I'm sure it's not a, you know, an apartment that you and I would live in. That's for sure. But he's got his, you know, three and a half million dollar L.A. mansion sitting there empty. And you could live out there and not have to, you know, go outside, but you would still be outside. But uh, he's just living in his apartment, reading books and hanging out with his brother and his dog. (laughs) Okay. Now, I don't know how much money Chris has made from his Captain America roles. They claim he's worth, you know, 80 million. I don't know that that's, you know really true but uh i mean you can live for a while on 80 million (laughs) you can do okay on 80 million for a while you know i mean you can't be expected to live forever on 80 million can you maybe you can if you're living in an apartment in boston with your brother and your dog but Maybe, uh, you know, if you want to reach out, if you need a nice place in Laurel Canyon, it's uh, a gated estate. It's got walls for privacy. And, uh, you know, you're looking out. It's got a heated pool, spa, fire pit, a couple of fireplaces, a couple of master bedrooms, a staff room. You can't be expected to live in this house without some sort of staff or a chef. And uh, there's a room for them to live. So you could stay there. And, uh, you know, reach out to him and say, you could probably get the place for $4 million. And uh, Chris will probably give it to you. Well, I mean, sell it to you. He's not necessarily going to give it to you. But you could, you could might be able to get the dump <laughs> from Chris for $4 million. Maybe he's going to keep it. You know, who knows? Maybe he's thinking about, you know, I might have to go back out to L.A. to shoot a love story or something. I'm just tired of performing in front of a green screen as Captain America, which is very possible. Uh, that's a that's a tough gig. It's a lot harder than it looks. You can quote me on that. Uh, no problem. In uh, I, you know, I don't want to get too political, really, but you know, there's plenty of stuff going on around the world politically, and and it's good that not everyone is being you know banned from Twitter. Like people like. I don't know, Alec Baldwin, who tweeted earlier, you know, uh, I think it was, I was going to say earlier 2021, but I think it was the end of 2020 actually dated on his tweet. Uh, Who arrests Trump if he refuses to concede? Who drags him out? Pepper spray, cuffs, a knee to his neck, cutting off his oxygen. Does he wheeze? I can't breathe. Just wail away on him like a pinata, Rodney King style. The thug who has destroyed the country. What does he deserve? It's good that he still has his Twitter account because he tweeted about himself in a dream that he had that Trump was on trial for sedition and outside the courthouse a noose was hung from a makeshift scaffold. The noose was made of recycled COVID masks. Yeah, I mean we all want to know about 
Alec Baldwin's dream, right? It doesn't, it's because it's a dream, it's not real, right? <laughs> right. Of course that's right. <laughs> oh, just agonizing. And I want to, you know, I don't know. We can talk a little bit about what's going on politically around the country. I mean, I don't, you know, we know some of the first things that our new president after tomorrow is going to uh, take care of, according to a memo to White House staff from one of the uh, senior staff members to the other staff members, the four crises that or crises that, uh, you know, President Biden is going to address right off the bat is the COVID-19 crisis, the resulting economic crisis, the climate crisis, and a racial equity crisis. Now, we're going to take executive actions to address those crises. Well, good, because, man, the climate crisis and the racial equity crisis in this country, and, and is just unbelievable. And the COVID-19 crisis brought on by you-know-who and the resulting economic crisis brought on by you-know-who needs to be addressed as well. So that's good news, right? And last week, the Portland City Council formally outlined plans to lobby the federal government to provide financial payments or other aid. I don't know what that would be, a new car. To the descendants of enslaved black Americans and Native Americans harmed by policies enacted by the U.S. government. Well, good. And I'm sure our new president is going to get right on that. Well, he's going to because that's part of the racial equity crisis. Uh, The demand was listed in the racial justice section of the 2021 federal legislative and regulatory agenda for the city of Portland. Man, I need to read that entire <laughs> that entire agenda. The city of Portland is advocating for anti-racist public policy at the federal level to strive for more equitable outcomes for our community members. Yeah, I mean, the city of Portland is committed to centering racial and disability equity in our collective responses to COVID-19 and in the city's federal advocacy work. Oh, yeah. I mean, the 2021 agenda stated recognizing that black, indigenous, and people of color, individuals with disabilities, older people, immigrants, refugees, people who are LGBTQIA plus or two spirit, veterans and individuals experiencing poverty are often disproportionately affected yeah the city of portland is committed to ensuring existing inequities are not exasperated and are working to repair past harms through the city's federal advocacy work yeah i mean (laughs) oh man Man, do we want to be sure that we recognize the black and indigenous and people of color, individuals with disabilities, older people, immigrants, refugees, people who are LGBTQIA plus or two-spirit veterans and individuals experiencing poverty are disproportionately affected. And we need to make sure that those those inequities are taken care of. And they will be 
thanks to one of the four crises that's going to be handled by the new administration under the racial equity crisis plan. So that's fantastic that that's going to be taken care of. Right? Right. Of course it is. And it's already started because our new president-elect, well, he's president-elect today, after tomorrow he will be president, uh, Joe Biden, has tapped the Pennsylvania Health Secretary, Rachel Levin, to be his assistant. Right? I mean, that is good news. That is good news. Now, the pediatrician and former Pennsylvania Physician General, Rachel Levin, the Pennsylvania Health Secretary, uh, you know, she was appointed to her current post by Democratic Governor Tom Wolf a couple of years ago, making her one of the few transgender people serving in elected or appointed positions nationwide. And she will definitely get the gig. You can count on that. Count on that. I, I didn't know that uh, Rachel had actually gone through uh, all the steps needed, but apparently she is formally married, father of two, and she said that, uh, look, uh, it's complicated. Her transition was in 2013. So she has undergone sex reassignment surgery and hormonal treatment. That is, that's actually huge. I mean, that, that takes a lot out of people. I've known a, a couple people that have gone through that and that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Now we can make fun of, uh, you can, I, I don't want to because I think she's beautiful, but you can make fun of how, you know, Rachel may appear to you in public, but going through the surgeries and the hormonal therapy and the entire transition, that's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. I don't necessarily wish that on anyone. So I don't know. I, I know and I'm going in a different direction than I thought about going, but that's just really incredible to me that someone puts themselves through that. So, I mean, you got to believe that they believe, right? You have to. All right. Before I uh, wrap it up today, I'm going to take, uh, you can raise your hands and you can decide what we talk about. Okay. I've got a few headlines that will get you through the day and let you know what's going on around the world. Uh, there's, I don't know. There's like, uh, looks like there's uh, two, four, six, eight, ten headlines that will get you information to what's happening around the world, what companies are doing, what some politicians are doing, or we can talk about cocaine hippos. So here's your opportunity. You can raise your hand. Raise your hand if you want the headlines. Okay. Uh, now raise your hands if you want to talk about cocaine hippos. One, two, three. That's an overwhelming response. Uh, we're going to talk about cocaine hippos. So apparently, uh, the hippos that Pablo Escobar, the uh, you know Mr. Drug Cartel, Mr. Druggie, uh, had purchased 
uh, you know, brought illegally into the country. <laughs> uh, Pablo, you can't do that. Oh, okay. Uh, sure. I won't bring him into the country then. So he uh, had his, you know, the Pablo Escapar 7,000 acre estate zoo. And he brought in whatever the hell he wanted because he was Pablo Escobar. So apparently these hippos are now starting to take over the land. Yeah, I know. I was hoping that they were doing a bunch of cocaine too, but no, they're not. They're just brought into the country illegally by Mr. Cocaine Head. So right now uh, there are 80 to 100 hippos according to this story, terrorizing the country's lakes and rivers. All right. So, um, these are from now there's 80 to hundred. So back in when Pablo, when the, the estate was, you know, went down, I mean, heck Pablo was shot right at 93. So, you know, they came in and I guess four hippos escaped. Yeah, they escaped. Nobody wanted to try to reel them in. I just let them go. Don't worry about them. So now there's about 80 to 100 of them, according to the the experts. They claim that if they just leave them alone now, there's going to be around 1,500 in 2024. I don't know. That seems like a big jump. But I guess hippos are taking care of hippo business. And, uh, I mean, if they've only got 100 since 93... They're saying that that's going to relate to 1,500 in four years, three years. Ooh, I don't know. Now, they're really, they want to get rid of them. They just, they just want to, you know, actually, they just want to kill them. But uh, they're saying, you know, the urine and feces are toxic, which I don't know that I was aware of that. I'm going to have to actually look into that. So they potentially could sicken other species and even humans. But uh, now they're racing to castrate them so that they, you know, can't. Well, I guess they can if they castrate. Well, no, if they castrate them, there's no more business. I mean, that's a, <laughs> the hippos still may want in their mind to take care of business, but there is no business happening in the hippo world if you castrate them. <laughs> so they're running out of time, according to the experts, and they, you know, Relocation may have been possible 30 years ago when there were only four hippos, but now, now the only effective thing to do is castration. That's it. And now the other, the other option is just shoot them dead. Uh, let's kill them dead. Remember, I did the special, uh, you know, American Hippopotamus. You can find it. On, you know, it's a chewing the fat special a long time ago about the american hippopotamus there was uh the guy what was his name ah i'll think of his name but he wanted to bring hippopotamuses to america and raise them down in uh louisiana mississippi along the swamplands and he wanted to raise them for food we were going to be eating hippo burgers and not and not beef cattle burgers right burnham burnham that was his name burnham i think that was i think that was his last name burnham and he was Mr. Mr. Boy Scout, Mr. Fighter, uh, War Guy, Mr. Live Off the Land Guy. He was great. You can go back and listen to uh, 
American hippopotamus. It's a part of two in the fat. Just it's history. Just look it up. Search when you're searching the podcast. Uh, fascinating guy and fascinating story. But he wanted to bring the hippos and cook them. So why don't we just let them tell them, yo, let them breed and then kill them and eat them, cut them up. Let the people of Colombia, you know, have hippo burgers and see if they can get it working as an export instead of cocaine. Right? Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, Colombia. Use the hippos and then you've got a new, you've got a new export. Hippo burgers and hippo meat. And now you can stop, you know, making billions from Colombia, from you know, Colombian cocaine. Because <laughs> Lord knows you don't want to do that. You want to you want to make you know take years and years to develop hippo burgers and make money from there. But it's just an idea. I'm just throwing it out there. Instead of castrating and getting rid of the hippos, let them breed. Let them breed and start give the hippos. Let the people start farming hippos so that we can. You know, you can create hippo burgers in Colombia and Central America. And then when you're struggling for food, you get the exports and we'll start taking some sooner or later down the road. We'll start taking hippo burgers here frozen at Sam's Club. What do you think? I know. I know. There'd be nothing. I mean, I would look forward to a cocaine hippo burger. I know. Don't tell me you wouldn't do it. Don't. Don't do it. Because you would. Yes. I would like another cocaine hippo burger, please. With a little bit of Heinz ketchup. (laughs) 